Welcome to the Church Solutions Podcast, brought to you by JSL Solutions. The Church Solutions Podcast is designed to help equip you and your church in the use of technology and other tools and services. And now, here are your hosts, Steve Lacey and Phil Thompson. And welcome again, folks, to another edition of the Church Solutions Podcast. Hi, my name is Steve Lacey. And I'm Phil Thompson. Great to be with you again, as we uh, normally are on a weekly basis. We are a a tech company called JSL Solutions, and this podcast called Church Solutions Podcast is is usually related most of the time to tech-related things, but we work with churches and ministries, and so we uh, do talk a lot about ministry things, leadership, volunteer things, uh, you know, all that good stuff. And uh, Steve and I have been in ministry for a long time with our churches, and uh, and so we're just happy to be able to spend a little bit of time with you today. Thanks for listening to us. So today we have a special guest. Mark uh, Collier, Collier is uh, the owner. I knew I, I would. I, I don't know why I butcher names up all the time. Sorry, Mark. Sorry about that. <laughs> At uh, least he didn't call you Mary or something. Yeah, like I didn't that. call you Mary. Uh, my, my wife's name is Mary, and many times people will send their emails and they'll 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 address it to Mark, even though her name is Mary Kay. I think the K throws them off. But anyhow. Mark uh, Collier is the owner of uh, Big Blue Designs, a web and graphic design company. He started this about six years ago, and uh, he has spent more than 25 years in, uh, in working with churches and ministries, both in a volunteer and a staff position uh, capacity. And so he loves to serve church clients. It's very close to his heart, which is Kind of like what we do, yeah, Steve. We, and he we, too's been in ministry since he's what four years old. Is yeah, that right, Mark? Something like that. Right? <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, you started really <laughs> when you were in diapers. Uh, so he's got a lot of experience, and uh, that helps him when he works with churches and all that. So, Mark, thank you so much for spending a little bit of time with us today. Sure, my pleasure. I'm glad to be here. Well, we're glad to have you. And we go back a few years with you. We go back probably, what, five or six yeah. years, probably at least. Your church you used to be with used our services to do streaming video. Yes, yeah. absolutely. And yeah, I remember uh, connecting with you, and it was, a, it was a great experience. I really enjoyed working with you guys. And uh, I also learned a lot uh, about technology and the uh, streaming church with you guys. So I'm really thankful for that. Yeah, I think we're kindred, kindred spirits in a sense. You seem to have some really innovative ideas, and, and we kind of try to move towards that as well. So we've had a good relationship over the years. Yeah. So absolutely, uh, the website, before I forget, is bigbluedesigns.com. Is that correct? Yes, sir. All right. Bigbluedesigns.com is the website. And uh, you do a lot of different things here with social media, but websites. And today we probably want to talk a little bit about church websites and uh, and really uh, how we can improve them, maybe some things that perhaps some of us have not thought of before, and uh, just maybe get a fresh perspective from a guy like you who has been in it for years and, and does it for a living, right? Yes, absolutely. So let's just jump into it. So websites. I mean, probably every church out there, although Steve and I read some stats a while back, <laughs> But but that kind of said that not yeah, every was, church has one, right? But right. It was, it was yeah. What weird. was the number? It was more than. It was bizarre. It was, we, I can't remember now. We uh, we did some stats a couple months ago, yeah. and because uh, we thought every church has a website, right? And then we found out, no, that's not the case. <laughs> yeah, it was down in the it was twenty to thirty percent. I that's think do not have just, websites, which just, really surprised me. That's weird. 
But I, wow. I, I think for most of our listeners here in this podcast, we would, you know, they probably all have webcast or they all have websites, but you know, what are some things here? What are some, some ideas, Mark, that you could throw at some people when it comes to a church website? Sure. Well, well, first of all, I have to say that that statistic is, uh, is kind of surprising, a little shocking to me, just as it probably was to you. Um, one, probably the number one thing that I would tell potential clients of mine, if they were church clients and they were coming to me for a website, whether they hopefully, if they either didn't have one or if they're wanting to build one, they just need to understand that uh, nowadays, more people than ever use the internet to find out about things that they want to find out about and specifically about churches. And so if a visitor or a potential visitor is looking for a church in their area, they're absolutely going to get online and look for that church. So it's really, really important that we are online and we are able to be found online. And then also that we present ourselves in a way that's, uh, that's appealing, that can help somebody get a good sense of who we are as a church. And so that's the first thing I, I just let people know is that, hey, you know what? One of the things of, that's wonderful about the internet is that someone can find you 24 hours a day but one of the terrible things about the internet is they can find you 24 hours a day, <laughs> meaning, meaning that you don't get to, um, you don't get to walk with them through that experience. They are looking for you by themselves without your guidance. And right. so with that in mind, it's important to put together the best faith we can. And I know we'll talk about it in a little bit, but it's important to help them find what they're looking for about you. And that's why a website is so very important. Right, you don't have a you don't have a second chance to make a first impression too. So the no, you the, don't. The site they come across is going to either really turn them off or or pique their interest. Well, and that's true. So let, let's uh, let's assume that most of our podcast listeners have websites, but I would also assume that many of them probably need a facelift. Right? I mean, uh, how often yeah. do you think churches should kind of freshen up their website? That's a great question. Um, I, I don't know that I can give a direct answer. Here's what I will say about that. I think that a, a church website, especially a church, since you're going to have content, hopefully, that is going to be updated on a regular basis, like I would hope that at least maybe your weekly messages are going to be updated. And perhaps maybe if you're doing series or things of that nature, you might have some graphics that go along with that series. Your website is going to have at least some semblance of freshness happening, hopefully on a weekly or maybe a monthly basis that when the uh, series might change. So in some senses, it should feel just a little bit fresher every couple of weeks just with those changes. So um, if someone is actually updating their site with new content related to their sermons and maybe their events, I don't know that the site would need a total overhaul all that often unless it is just completely out of date from a style sense uh, or if it was uh, up to date and it just got out of date, but that would take a, quite a few years to do. Uh, so I, I think that a total overhaul is probably not necessary unless the one you started with was already out of date. Okay. All right. So you're thinking, uh, you know, as far as images and, and the look of the website, don't worry a whole lot about that. But, but here's my next question. I mean, how do you know sure. if something's out of date as far as the, the look? I'm not talking <laughs> about content so much, but the look. I mean, sure. how do you know when something is out of style? 
Right. Well, boy, you know, you can get, this can also run you into a ditch on, from one side or the other. But right. in general, I would really just try to take um, just to be up to date with what other people in your industry are doing. Um, you know, look at some of the uh, more influential churches when it comes to being online. It doesn't have to be a church that you agree with theologically. That's not really the point. But just to find out what are other people doing and what are uh, folks who are looking for churches online, what are they used to experiencing when they go to look for a church online? So that's one of the things I would probably look at. Um, I'll just add a caveat to that. With any client that I work with, whether it be a church or another industry, sometimes one of the dangers of using your own industry as a measuring stick is that sometimes your industry is kind of out of date. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, you know, sometimes churches are not the, actually, sometimes, a lot of times churches are very uh, backwards as far as web presence is concerned. So sometimes you don't want to just look at those only. You might want to look at other industries and just look and say, what does a great looking website look like in general? And honestly, you can Google that. You can even Google and say, um, you know, show me great looking websites. And it doesn't really matter what the industry is. It can just kind of tell you what a great looking website could possibly look like. And I'll add to this, and we may talk about this later too, but also make sure that you are looking on your, at your website on your mobile device. And not just your computer, because uh, I'll ask you guys, we, we've not talked about this yet, but um, when you guys spend time online, how often are you using a computer versus how often are you using your mobile device? How much do you guys use your mobile devices? Now, see, for me, are you mobile mobile I, guys? Or? So, well, yeah. here's the deal with me because of, of what I do, and I, I can't speak for Steve, <laughs> yeah. but we're in front of computers, you know, all day long. And, and generally yeah. when I'm looking at my mobile device, it's usually when I'm not working. And, and so that, oh, right. that would be in the evening usually. Yeah. My, um, sure. yeah, I think we're, I think a little sure. bit unusual cause we yeah, run yeah. an online business and so we're, yeah. we're on the computer a lot, but sure. a good, sure. a better example would probably be my wife There you go. and or your wife too yeah. as well. Yeah, and absolutely. they're probably, uh, probably more than half on yeah. their mobile device versus the computer. Yeah. My wife is rarely on the computer. It's all mobile devices yeah. for my wife. Yeah. So so, yeah. In fact, for me, I'll say that some of my customers, uh, I, I'm just now getting to where I'm having clients who say that they have a computer, but they haven't turned it on in forever. Yeah. And that's that's kind of foreign to me because I'm like you. I'm actually sitting in front of two 27-inch monitors all day long. Yeah. But, uh, but the average person isn't really like that. you know. Yeah. So it's just important to know what the, the people who are looking for your church and thinking about whether they're going to attend your church just we also need to make sure that when we're thinking about our website being updated or modern or current, we need to consider how the person is actually looking at your website and what it looks like on a mobile device. So that's just what I wanted to add. We, we there. found that out with streaming video because you know, obviously we do streamingchurch.tv. We found the stats right. show that that the majority of the people now watching streaming video are on mobile devices. Yeah, a, a large percentage. Mm. Yeah, very some church to church, but Which yeah. that you know. That creates some unique challenges that, to be perfectly honest, I've not sorted through all the answers yet. Um, but, you know, as, as you guys know, uh, when all they're seeing is a video, they can't necessarily see other things at the same time, like interact, ways to interact and that kind of thing. So um, it does present its own challenges. Uh, but here's the thing. For those of us who uh, are church people, uh, I think we all believe that the message that we are uh, given by God 
is important to get out. So we need to find ways to connect with folks uh, at the way they want to connect so that we can get this message to them. So that's always important to be up on that. And unfortunately, historically, churches have been kind of lagging behind on that. And uh, I'm hoping that that's changing. You guys probably know more about it than I do, but hopefully that's changing. And hopefully the church is getting better at delivering this, this amazing message that we have to the people who need to hear it most. Yeah. You know, as, as we're, as you're talking about how to determine whether you have a, an out of date site or not, it, it, um, it reminded me of a resource that we use and that churches can use mm-hmm. as well. And you may be, I'm not sure you're exp- exposed with it or not, but it's its usertesting.com and is it peakuser.com? Yeah, I think there's a free version, peak user testing. Just Google peak user mm. testing. Uh, you, there's a paid version that gives you all sorts of bells and whistles, but there's, there's actually a free version that you can use. And it's peak user yeah. testing. And w- the something. way it works, it's, it's kind of interesting. They take... Um, some kind of random people that work for them, and their job is to pull up the site and answer a set of questions, and they talk out loud as they're as they're going through your site. Yeah, they video it. They record their screen. They yeah, record their screen, I, and they're talking. I love that. Yeah, so they're saying, "Oh, what did what jumped out at me most about this website?" And goes, "Well, I can't find out where they meet, or I can't find out what they're about, or what they believe, or or you know, from right. a church." They really will rip rip it up. Yes, they aren't kind. They're brutally honest. <laughs> <laughs> and, and they will tell you right out of the bat, I don't like the design. It looks really dated. <laughs> so, yeah. But it's a good resource. Wow. Um, yeah. And it's it's a free resource. There's also a paid resource if you want to do it, you know, very regularly. But as a church, the the free resources probably will get you some really good feedback. You just sign up. That's great. Point them to your URL and wait. But just a few hours, right? Usually it's just a few hours. Yeah. And Usually, then, they, yeah. then they've got the video ready for you. And it's it's a, I don't know, five, ten minute video, right? Of them walking through your website. Yeah. 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 It's, it's probably about five minutes, maybe a little more. It depends. So anyhow. So what you're telling me, what you're telling me is I need to have my big boy pants on when I, when I do that, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've got to be ready to have some very direct feedback. So that's really good. I'm, I'm, I'm going to make a note of that. I'm definitely going to. Yeah. Look at that myself. And That's it will great. vary from you know person to person that that reviews it. Some are some are kind and have some great feedback, and some are just brutally honest. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, well, and you know, to be perfectly honest on that, that that's a good example of real people, right? Some people yeah. are not so kind, and some are, yeah. but that's okay. Yeah. And the nice thing about it, you know, if if you're obviously a Christian ministry and you've got a website, a church or something, church website, uh, some of these people aren't. I mean, they're not Christians. And so, uh, you know, you get some real good feedback from a non-Christian. Yes. It, it's That's one of the most enlightening things to me is, is they'll come to the site and, you know, we, we live in that world and we understand it. And they're just, you can hear from the language that they do not have a clue. So that'll also be a, a check on your church site, whether you've got Christianese there or whatever, you know, that people may not understand. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so let's talk a little more about websites. So uh, one of the things uh, that you mentioned, we, we had a little bit of correspondence before this podcast. And one of the things you said was uh, when it comes to websites, you should put service times and locations and contact everywhere. Yeah. Uh, why is that? Well, that's, that's a great question. You know, I've, I've been doing a lot of study of church websites for many years and asking other people what they think. And 
there seems to be a common thread, or there definitely is a common thread for what visitors who are considering a church are looking for when they come to a website. And it may be phrased differently, but the reality is there tends to be about four things they are looking for. They are looking for where are you located, when are your services, and then they want to see maybe an example of your services because what they really want to know is, are you like me? Can I, can I fit in with you? Mm. And then the other thing they want to know is, what do you have for my kids? And the reality is those four things uh, just enormously supersede just about anything else because if they cannot find where you're located and what time your services are pretty quickly, uh, very quickly actually, they're just going to move on somewhere else. And that really, those four things have got to be easy to find. Where are you located? When are your services? Some type of example. What, if you don't have video, then, then do it with photographs. If you have videos, that's great. I even recommend that even if you can't, if you're not at a point right now where you can actually video your services, maybe you can create a single video that, show, that shows examples of, of your different uh, services. So just giving somebody a way to kind of peer in from the outside and see a, an example of your services, that's really helpful. But once again, if, if they can't find your time and location, that, that that needs to be everywhere. So I tell people, put it in the header, put it in the footer, put it on every page. Yeah, that's so I think it's so important. That, that's a good thing. I remember years ago when we had our streamingchurch.tv site, we've, we revamped it a couple times since then, but I remember somebody gave us some feedback and said, you should put your free trial on every single page. And we thought, oh, mm. that's a good idea. Because <laughs> we were, you know, obviously yeah. <laughs> uh, we, we're in business to help churches do streaming video. And if they can't, you know, easily connect with us. Right. So, so you poked a, a kind of a topic here, uh, and this is something we struggle with with working with ministries. You know, there's, there's those that are potential visitors to your church, and then there's the members that are, you know, a part yeah. of the church. And so how do you, obviously you pointed out that I think it's, I fully support the, those points that you made. I think those are the key for a potential visitor, but for the members, what are they looking for? Yeah, that's great. You know, because initially when I started looking at this, I, I just assumed wrongly that potential visitors and members are all looking for the same thing at a website. And it turns out they're not. In fact, what's really fascinating, and you know, for a, for a church leader, some of this isn't what you want to hear. But a lot of times, once somebody has chosen your church as their home church, and they're now members or, or whatever you refer to them as, and they're going there all the time, they tend to not go back to the website very often. But when they do, they are not looking for times and locations because they know that. They're not looking for what do you have for my kids because they know that. But really what they are looking for more than anything is they are looking for, um, if I missed last week's service, they want to be able to get like a, a, an audio or a video of that. Mm -hmm. So that's the first thing is uh, they're looking for last week's service or maybe last month or a series or something, previous services. They're also looking for information about upcoming events. Because, hey, maybe the picnic is this weekend, but they can't remember what time it is. Or, you know, they want to be able to make sure that they get to something. They got to put it on the calendar and they don't remember when it is. Mm -hmm. So they're looking for example. I mean, they're looking for previous services that they might have missed. They're looking for events. And then they're also more now than ever. They're looking for ways to give online. And although giving online is not something that a visitor is looking for, a member is definitely looking for that more and more nowadays. So those, 
those are some of the things that I, I think that members are really looking for. And I want to make a point that nobody wants to spend a lot of time searching a website for something. You know, everybody wants to find it quickly. But a person who has committed to that church and calls that church home, they are willing to click a few more times to find something than a potential visitor is willing to do the same searching. So I'm not, I'm not endorsing that a, that a uh, website doesn't need to be well-organized. I'm not saying that. But the things that a member is looking for does, doesn't necessarily need to be yeah. front and center like the things for the visitors. Yeah, they would be a little more patient, whereas I can see the visitor says, well, I got a list of six, you know, half a dozen sites I'm going to check out before I visit exactly. you know, one church. And so man, if I can't find anything out, moving on, you know. And, you know, I want to make one other point real quick. I, I, I know you guys are younger than me, so you won't know this reference. Uh, but if, if <laughs> very, I said, very uh, kind. We're actually older than you, but, but never <laughs> mind. Go ahead. Move on. <laughs> but, um, you know, if I use the, the, the phrase above the fold, you know, that's an old newspaper reference. Right. Um, but on a, on a website, above the fold basically refers to uh, the area before you scroll down. And that is just premium real estate right there. And I see a lot of churches, for some reason, they waste that space by, and this is crazy, and this is one of the things that dates a website, is when they do something like, welcome to our church website. Please feel free to click around <laughs> and let us know if you have any questions. Or they put a whole bunch of words like that. And of course, the reality is, everybody already knows where they are when they get there, hopefully. So you don't have to tell them where they are. And they know to click around. So don't waste that space with that kind of text. Like Get right to the things they need and try to get that above the fold so they don't have to be looking for it. Hopefully that makes sense. But that's just one of the things I, when I see a website that has that, I think, mm, this has probably been designed by leadership that this is one of the phrases I use too. leadership that are answering questions that nobody's asking. Yeah, that's a good point. And, you know, they, they have something they want to say that nobody really cares about, but they want to say it anyway. And they haven't really done their research to find out that that's not why someone's coming to your website. So make it concise, make it to the point, get everything that people are looking for above the fold. It's not always possible, but try and try to help people find the answers they're looking for quickly. So we're talking with uh, Mark, Collier from uh, Big Blue Designs, bigbluedesigns.com is the website. Mark, when you're working with churches and maybe helping them perhaps revamp their website, do you find that real common? Do you, do you find that, that uh, churches tend to be really, really kind of wordy, a lot of text, a lot of uh, yeah. stuff on there, uh, maybe more so than businesses? Do you, do, you, do you find that to be the case? I do. And of course, I, I will confess that having been a former pastor myself, I, I'm kind of wordy, as you can tell during this uh, conversation. <laughs> but, well, that's good. Though. Um, I like that. <laughs> well, thanks. Um, but I will say that, yes, for some reason, churches have a tendency to just really put a ton of text on their website. And I will say there is a, there is a time when a lot of text is actually very, very helpful for a website both from a uh, search engine perspective, and but also for giving people information, that's really good. But in general, a church website is usually designed primarily to help people connect with the church and maybe to consider going there. And in that sense, uh, photos, videos, that kind of thing actually help a lot more than huge blocks of text. So uh, especially one of the great things uh, that I tell people is, 
for example, if you're going to uh, put your statement of faith on there, that's usually a very, very large block of text. Right. I usually tell people, hey, don't don't put that on your homepage. You know, let's have a button to go somewhere else to take you there. Right. Uh, but just try to avoid huge blocks of text and try to read it from an outsider's perspective. What do they want to know? Get to the point and let them go. You know, same as a sermon for that matter. <laughs> yeah, I see. Um... I see church, some churches that are doing, um, putting together what to expect um, yeah. buttons and areas on their search. What do you think about that? I think those are excellent. I, I, because really, I think that ultimately pulls together the things that visitors are looking for and puts them in one place. Um, so they, like, for example, we all, I mean, it doesn't matter how long you've been going to church. Uh, in fact, I, let me just tell you a real story from uh, this last weekend. Uh, my my daughter has some uh, some friends of hers that go to another church that we have not attended before, and we were invited to um, to go to this church. Well, this is a this is just transparency, so I'm going to tell you. Hopefully, my wife will not hear me say this, <laughs> but we'll send her a copy uh, my of the daughter podcast. and my wife. Yeah, right. Exactly. Her name is not Angie Collier, so don't send. Okay. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but so this weekend, my daughter and my wife. Um, made a plan to go to this new church, but they forgot to tell me. And we got together in the car, and I actually discovered in the car that we were going to a church that I'd never been to before, which was hilarious. Um, but the reason I mentioned that is because I would have dressed differently having if I knew I was going to a church I'd never been to before. And I had a little bit of anxiety, even though I've been a Christian my whole life, been on staff at a church, I didn't like going to a church where I felt like I might be underdressed or dressed different than everybody else. Mm. And so I experienced what a lot of people do is they, they really kind of would like to know, Hey, I, I, I don't want to stick out. I want to fit in. So if you can put on your website, things to expect, one of the things might be, Hey, what, what should I wear when I go to this church? And you can actually tell them in text and you can also show pictures of your church that also help them understand, okay, mm-hmm. people tend to wear ties here. That's helpful to know. People tend to wear t-shirts here. That's helpful to know that kind of thing. So mm-hmm. a what to expect section really, really helps people kind of bridge that first gap as they come in and help mm-hmm. that, uh, that not create so much anxiety for them. Yeah, that's, that's a good point. So we're just about out of time here, but I, I'm going to jump in here and ask you a question that, that, that people ask me all the time. So I'll see what you say about this. Okay, how sure. can I get my website found out there? So when people are Googling me or whatever, how can I make it so that my website shows up on the first few listings or the first Ooh. page at least? What's your thoughts on that? Wow. Okay. I'll, I'm going to keep this brief, uh, but there's that, that's a question everybody asks, and there's not a single answer for that. There's, there's lots of pieces to that. Um, so I'll just try to make it brief. What I would basically say, first of all, is to make sure that you have uh, some good content on your website that things like Google can, Google can find. Um, because Google does like, I know this is going to sound like it's against what I said earlier, but Google does like lots of text and descriptive text that helps uh, Google find you easier. Uh, so uh, good good copy is really helpful. And uh, there's also, depending on how you build, this is where I'm going to turn into a complete nerd for about 15 seconds here. Uh, but depending on what you build your website with, some website builders like WordPress have a tendency to uh, be able to serve you better from an SEO perspective than some others. Uh, so I would just, if you're considering building or rebuilding your website, I would probably spend a little bit 
of time doing a little bit of research on what type of website builder might serve you best in that case. Um, I will also add one last thing is that fresh content is good. In other words, if you create a site and it just sits there, that doesn't mean that it can't uh, score well, but fresh content and updating does help that. So I would encourage that as well. Hmm, interesting. There's a lot, lot more to be said there, but uh, I, it starts getting really nerdy and very long. <laughs> <laughs> and that's where I go. <laughs> I'm the nerdy and long. Yeah, so do I. I love it too. I love it too. But uh, yeah, maybe that's a conversation for another day on that on that depth there. Yeah. What's good content? I'm, I'm going to drag this out uh, just for another minute or so. When you say sure. good uh, content, what's well, good content? Relevant content, I think, is. But go ahead, Mark. Yeah. No, you. No, thank you. I think that's right. It's relevant content. I think one of the uh, one of the many things that would be easy because I, I want to mention this. I recognize that. Churches are in the business of doing church. They're not in the business of making websites. You know, that's not what they're spending seven days a week doing. Uh, the same with any other business. So they don't need to, uh, they don't want to waste a bunch of time on a website. But one of the things I think that would really serve most pastors pretty well is a blog. And because here's what I've, I've told many pastors. You're spending, who knows, 15, 20, 30 hours a week. Who knows how long you're doing uh, studying your sermon, you've got tons of information that you are not delivering during the sermon because you've just weeded it down to something shorter. But that would mean that it'd be very, very easy for you to do like a Monday morning blog where you share uh, uh, more depth that you weren't able to share on Sunday. So that could be one very easy way for a pastor every Sunday to generate content that the that the uh, almost said customers, you know, the congregation. Sure can interact with uh, that's fresh and relevant to them. And of course I could then go off on the fact that that could help them go deeper with the message that you preached, but it also creates content that they can interact with. You can post links on social media to that. It helps people get a better feeling for who you are as a pastor and as a leader. And I think that's just one of the easiest things they can do to create relevance in fresh content. Good point. All right, good. I had uh, just one other comment, just had an experience just this week with an, an old friend of mine that has actually a modeling website, and he's saying, I'm not getting found, and went to his site, and it was 100%, it looked great. You went to it, it just looked really neat, and you know, the cool latest thing, mm. but it was 100% graphics. There was no text anywhere on oh. the site, yes. so it was like, well, there's your problem, and I guess one advice I'd have is, you know, the way Google sees your site is not the way, you know, you see your site in the browser. Right. If you go in and, and, uh, and view text only or view source of your site, you'll see what Google's seeing and, and make sure that that content is relevant to someone in your town looking for a church. Mm, that's a good point. Mm, that's so good. Yeah. All yes. Right. So, look, we're out of time here, but uh, we'd love to get your feedback, folks, on this. Uh, what do you think about Mark's ideas on this stuff? Uh, you can just send us an email, support at streamingchurch.tv. We'd love to hear back from you. We've been talking to uh, Mark Collier from bigbluedesigns.com, and uh, we really encourage you to check out his website. Yeah, how should we get? How should people get a hold of you, Mark? Uh, they, can, they can email me through the website. They can also email me directly at hello at bigbluedesigns.com, or they can hit me up on Facebook, uh, facebook.com slash bigbluedesigns, whatever's best for them. Awesome. Okay. Well, that sounds great. Mark, thank you so much for spending a little bit of time with us today. We enjoyed it very much. 
It was a lot of fun. Thank you, guys. Right. Well, we'll do it again. And folks, thank you for spending some time with us today. This has been the Church Solutions Podcast. Uh, I'm Phil Thompson. He's Steve Lacey. And we will catch you next time on another edition of the Church Solutions Podcast. Have yourself a great day.